Hi, this is Josie Posey. And this is Sylvia Bellavin. And you're, you're listening, listening to Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Hi, everyone. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. It's Sunday, December 17th, and it's time for the Word of God. And welcome to part four of our Advent sermon series, The Promise of Peace. I have a lot to share with you today, and I'm so excited about it all. But before we get there, let's have a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Almighty God, thank you for the privilege once again to come together and hear from your word. Lord, teach us about the promise of peace today and how we can apply that to our lives. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. When you think of images of Christmas and war, they really don't go well together. In fact, they might even be considered polar opposites as the pain and suffering of battle contradict the joy and celebration of Christmas. But for those who fought in World War I, Christmas arrived right in the midst of an intense global battle. Early in the war, during December 1914, many German and British soldiers took peace into their own hands. On Christmas Eve, they sang and played carols to each other across the destroyed no man's land, finding that they knew the same songs even if the lyrics were in different languages. Early on Christmas Day, German soldiers walked across the scarred landscape unarmed and shouting Merry Christmas to their enemies. Allied soldiers, a little bit distrustful at first, crawled out of their trenches and joined them, shaking hands, exchanging gifts of cigarettes and plum pudding, and they sang Christmas carols together. History.com says there was even a documented game of soccer during this unofficial ceasefire. The Christmas truce was never repeated. Unfortunately, the officers made sure of it by threatening punishments. But on that special day, Enemies placed their shared humanity before their grievances and experienced the Christmas spirit of peace in a truly powerful way. Isn't that incredible? I mean, it really is. Can you imagine that? That must have been quite a sight to see those enemy soldiers sharing Christmas peace. In a similar way, God's peace can fill us and rule within us even when we're surrounded by death and evil. God's presence and peace can pierce even the darkest and most painful surroundings and circumstances, including any war, or emotional valley we might find ourselves in. Christmas is typically, and rightfully so, thought of as a season of joy, but for many, it can be a painful season. Maybe you're one of them, beloved. What battles do you face today? What pain is constantly, relentlessly bombarding you as you hunker down in the trenches of life? What darkness haunts you even under the twinkling lights, candles, and decorations? We may not be able to end the personal, emotional, cultural, or physical wars that we're fighting this holiday season, but even in those darkest places, we can lean into God who's with us. Today, as we continue our Advent journey towards Christmas, we're focusing on and celebrating peace, the peace that has been brought into our world by Emmanuel, God with us. My hope is that today, each of us will experience the comfort of Christ's peace deep within our souls. The shepherds in the Christmas story often get a bad rap. They're presented as outcasts, a dirty, unruly group that was at the bottom rung of society. And while they definitely held a lower place in society, not all scholars believed they were so unrespectable. In fact, at one point, shepherds held a very high position in Israel's history. Faithful Jews would have known the stories of the patriarchs who were themselves shepherds, men like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and even King David, of whom Jesus was a direct descendant. But whether or not shepherds of Jesus' day were a totally motley crew, the profession had undeniably fallen in esteem since the days of the patriarchs. They were definitely considered a lower social class. They held a menial vocation that involved hard labor in the elements and physical work with the animals, stinky animals, I might add. 
It's safe to say that a shepherd wasn't what most mamas dreamed their boys would grow up to be. They were a pretty lowly bunch. At the other end of the spectrum in Israel were the religious leaders of the day. Conceited in their moral goodness and high positions of power, they made sure everyone else knew their place in the caste system. Pharisees and Sadducees and the like were at the top, and everyone else below in descending order. They kept themselves lifted up by putting everybody else down. They believed they were the ones with a direct line to God and his purpose for everyone else's lives. So in this hierarchy, shepherds weren't exactly accustomed to being contacted by angelic beings. They didn't expect direct messages from God through these angelic beings. Imagine their surprise on that star-filled night on the outskirts of Bethlehem when the brightest star in the sky dimmed, and then the whole dark expanse began to glow with this brilliant light of an angel of the Lord. Luke described the scene like this in Luke 2, 8 and 9. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. What was going on here? And then, as if a vision of an angel wasn't enough, the guy spoke to the shepherds. He said in verses 10 through 12, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Unbelievable. But wait, there's more. Literally more, as in more angels. Continue reading in verses 13 and 14. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The words were almost more unbelievable than the messengers themselves. The angels were making a proclamation of peace to those on whom God's favor rests, and they were making it to shepherds? Can you imagine what was going on in those shepherds' heads? What they might have said to each other? They're probably thinking, no way, they got the wrong guys. But wait, angels don't make mistakes, so I guess that's us. God's favor's on us, and his peace is with us? For real? And while we're on the subject of wondering what the shepherds might have been thinking about this angelic appearance, have you ever wondered what the sheep were doing this whole time? I mean, granted, sheep have a reputation for being pretty dumb, but it's unlikely they didn't notice the bright light and loud noises. And while they aren't exactly racehorses, spooked sheep can move very fast. It seems realistic that all those white woolly ones would have bolted during the heavenly announcement. Not exactly a peaceful scene on that hillside. The Bible doesn't tell us the details. Perhaps it was chaos, or perhaps the sheep were dazed and motionless, or perhaps the sheep's response is just irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Whatever the case, this was completely out of the ordinary. This wasn't supposed to happen to shepherds. Supernatural encounters with God's messengers and promises of blessing and favor didn't come to the shepherds. Those were reserved for the super-spiritual religious leaders of the day. But like much of Jesus' coming, this announcement didn't fit the mold of expectations. Ironically, the religious elite are conspicuously absent from the birth announcement. Those considered by society to be the quote-unquote most holy were not given a place at the stable to kneel on holy ground and witness the arrival of the Messiah. The announcement to the shepherds that God had come to be with us in the birth of the Messiah turned the current system on its head. It reminded people, and it reminds us today, that God's favor is not based on human standards. His favor is on all those who humbly acknowledge their brokenness and accept the gifts of hope, love, joy, and peace that Jesus brings. The angels appeared to shepherds. The shepherds received the announcement of the good news. Then they became the messengers of peace. 
In three short steps, they had come full circle as Jesus' arrival meant a kind of restoration for the role of shepherds. In fact, throughout his teaching, Jesus used shepherds as an example of good things, not bad. Jesus even went so far as to call himself the good shepherd who loves and cares for his sheep. That restoration of wholeness and oneness with God is the essence of peace. It's the comforting knowledge that all is well and as it should be, and that brings peace of mind and heart. Jesus' arrival for the shepherds marked the starting place of peace for all those on whom his favor rests, to all those with whom he is present, which includes us. The God of peace is truly with us. Peace is not based on class or position or occupation, but on his purpose and designed to bring good news that will cause great joy for everyone. Glory to God in the highest. The Prince of Peace has come. On this final Sunday of Advent, let's explore together what that means and what it looks like throughout history and in our own lives today. Way back in history is recorded in the Old Testament when God gave the law to Moses and set up the roles and duties of the priests to guide the spiritual lives of the ancient Jews. He gave them the ultimate blessing to speak to the people. Numbers chapter 6 verses 24 to 26 says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Hebrew word used in that blessing and throughout the Old Testament is shalom, and it conveys rich, powerful meaning. More than just the absence of fighting, shalom reflects safety, completeness, and wholeness. This is the type of peace brought by God with us. Jesus is Prince of Shalom, foretold by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 says this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. The Jews of Jesus' day wanted a Messiah to establish political justice against their oppressors. After all, they lived under the iron rule of the Roman Empire, and this was not by choice. They were a conquered people at the mercy of a powerful military empire. But the Jews also understood and longed for shalom. The concept was foundational to their culture and spiritual life. This completeness and wholeness with God is what Jesus brought into and left in our world. It is the peace that calms our souls deeply. It is the calm acceptance that it is well with my soul, no matter what swirls and storms around me. This is the peace we celebrate today. And when Jesus returns one day, he will heal all that's been broken and restore God's complete kingdom of shalom. Yes, there will be the absence of war and hatred, but even that type of peace will be an extension of the wholeness that he will establish. Folks, peace is not just a word or an idea or a concept. It's a person. Let me explain. Near the end of Jesus' life, he spoke these words in John 14, 27 to his disciples shortly before he was arrested and crucified. He said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. You see, Jesus knew his followers were about to experience a crushing blow, but he had a gift for them that was different from anything in our world. His peace is not given as the world gives. It's not a gift that can be taken away, nor is it something we can create on our own. It's not the absence of pain, hurt, noise, violence, or uncertainty. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus with us as the Prince of Peace. And his assurance to the disciples was that even in what would appear to be the most hopeless of situations, he would be with them. His peace is his presence with us no matter what the circumstances. 
The Apostle Paul told us in Ephesians 2.14, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. As we experience God's peace, we become interwoven and inseparable from that peace that he is and that he gives to us. Paul goes on to say in the remainder of verses 14 through 16, He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. God with us brings peace between us and God, but he also brings peace among people because we are all drawn together and unified in God through Jesus. This is the perfect picture of shalom, wholeness, safety, and restoration of all people as one. Jesus' peace is not simply that we agree to disagree. It's that in him we are made one. In wholeness, we are reconciled to God and to others in Jesus. Let me ask you, how peaceful is your Christmas season this year? If we're honest, we might choose words like busy, hectic, or frantic to describe it. Or perhaps those words describe our lives all year round. Maybe it's an overloaded schedule that robs you of peace. Or maybe it's something more, relational conflict, pressure at work, a lost job, an illness, you name it. For many of us, peace sounds like a long way away, a good idea, a nice thought for the holidays, something we long for, if only we could feel the peace of God with us. If this is where you find yourself today, beloved, let me encourage you that Jesus shows up when the storms of life threaten our peace, hope, and joy. He is there with us when love seems lost and the way forward is totally unclear. And yes, even the disciples who lived with Jesus every day had a hard time grasping this. Do you remember in Mark chapter 4 the story of the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee? It must have been one bad storm on the sea that day to make the disciples so afraid. These men were not rookies on the water. Most were seasoned fishermen, and this was their regular sea. This is where they went every day to fish. They knew it well. Yet as their boat took on water, they were terrified. The waves were getting higher, and the wind howled, and the whole time Jesus was asleep through it all. Mark recorded it like this in Mark chapter 4, verses 38 and 39. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. With just a command for peace from Jesus, the storm calmed and the sea turned tranquil. The disciples were in awe and for very good reason. Those disciples sure sound like us, don't they? When things aren't looking good for us, we're often quick to cry out, God, don't you care? We think he's not paying attention or doesn't realize the magnitude of our situation, and we add to the spiral of our own storm. But in reality, God is there. He is God with us, always present, and he knows all that swirls around and within us, and he sees beyond the waves and winds of our circumstances. The power of his peace isn't diminished by our storms, we can allow it to fill our hearts with calm and courage as we turn to him, give our request to him in prayer, and focus on his faithfulness. God with us will never leave us. He will never fail. It is this presence of peace that we celebrate on our journey toward Christmas, and it is this presence of peace that we can access and practice. How? When we come to God through prayer, he changes us inside. God's peace is able to bring a powerful transformation in our spirits. No matter what we are anxious or worried about, we can bring our needs and requests to God. 
In Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul described the process like this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. As we talk with him and give him thanks, God's peace swells within us and guards our emotions. This is a miraculous peace, one that transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense given the worry and fear we're facing. It wouldn't naturally exist in the midst of our struggles. But this is God we're dealing with. This is our Prince of Peace, the giver of shalom, the giver of his spirit of peace. When we come close to him, when we go to worship him like those shepherds did, we connect with him and he transforms us and our outlook. No matter how bad the storm swirling around or within us, he can calm it and he can carry us through it. Let me encourage you in this final week of Advent to look for him. Even when the winds blow and the storms swirl, you may find him as a babe lying in a manger or a carpenter's son asleep in the boat. It may even initially seem to you, as it did to the disciples, that he doesn't care. But in the midst of whatever life holds this week, remember that Jesus comes in power as the Prince of Peace, always with us, restoring us to God through wholeness and comfort. May he be your peace this week, guarding your soul with peace, filling your spirit with the wholeness of shalom and ruling as the Prince of Peace in your heart. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church, real people, a real God, real hope.